welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there's known the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter, but we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter, that is at HEFpod. You can also follow us on us on Facebook, where all the English language content that can be found about Eintracht Frankfurt can is all in one uh, easy to find place, and that is facebook.com slash hefpod. Of course, you can always drop us an email. That email address is heyeintrachtfrankfurt at gmail.com. So, got a fun match to cover as we are entering an international break. It's a, it's a full panel as per usual. Uh, we have... Uh, as I travel further and further east, uh, first stop is Nathan in St. Louis. Hey, Brian, what's up? Oh, you know, uh, just all good things with the Eintracht. Uh, <laughs> and who would have thought that uh, things would have been going this way uh, when we were looking at our first three matches of the season? So much Oof. to talk about, much to talk about. <laughs> going further east, uh, back in the land of milk and honey, is Roman. In Bad What's up? <laughs> exactly. How's it going? <laughs> good old Bad Philbo. Yeah. Not up from Good Philbo this time. Just Bad Philbo. Yeah, nothing wrong. So with you that. were you had a busy weekend, didn't you? I oh think my we God. had it. Yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> harvest season. Yeah, harvest season, and you know the apples have to get removed from the trees, shaken down, and then collected, and then put out. So today, total, I got about a ton of apples. I think about 500 kilos last last time, and another 500 kilos today, and 900 liters right now as we speak, fermenting in the kegs. Another 400 wow. to go, or more. So, yes. are you using uh, when you're collecting all of these? I mean, obviously some are falling down from the trees, but are you using one of those like baskets on a pole, and you're just kind of shoving it right in there into the tree, collecting it that way? Uh, basically, you put tarp on the floor. Mm-hmm. And right. then you just shake it like crazy, ah. and uh, yeah, then you just collect them, pick them up. But I mean, shaking like crazy is like, of course, you can't be on the on the stem of the tree and shaking it. That's not gonna work. Unless you're so Andre the Giant. Each, yeah, unless <laughs> yeah. So what you do is basically a little every branch you kind of take and shake it. You got a little stick with a little hook, and then you just in yeah. Then you just go shake it. And you, then you got to climb up, you know, with a ladder or not, and uh, just keep on shaking and keep on dropping and keep on collecting, and hope they don't fall on your on your head. Actually, it doesn't hurt that much when you get an apple from I don't know <laughs> five, six, seven meters on your head. I was like, oh, maybe a little bit more, but no, it's it's okay. Uh, gotta gotta watch out, but it's fun. It's no cool. hard hats. Now you can only, now you can have your own apocryphal story like Newton's apple, you know. Yeah, totally. I was like, oh my God, how unbelievable how you could like write history with a, uh, you know, with under, with this, you know, right. seeing an apple falling from a tree. You know, like, okay, shit, I, can, I have to pull up way more, you know, to be recognized by the scientific uh, community. <laughs> I'll get right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, Invent a new method it. of math. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So there'll be lots of apple wine. And whenever you make it to the Frankfurt region region next year, you know, there will be still a little bit left in the kegs or in the bags, depending on how much we're going to be <laughs> drinking. That's incredible. 
so I'm already thinking about I got I think I mentioned that right I already have to start planting trees in locations where I might end up at some point you know that you know then in 10 15 20 years there are apples right and that's actually the coolest thing you can be mm-hmm. as rich as shit you cannot buy an apple tree right you have to grow it I mean you can buy an orchard or you know where they are but you know if you if you if you have a piece of land and you want an apple tree you can be a billionaire Fucking, you still got to buy a little tree, plant it, and got to wait 15, 20 years until you can actually harvest great amounts. So it's a, it's, it's a very, very cool thing, actually. That's the uh, old adage about growing trees is, uh, what's the best time to grow a tree? 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But then you got to start sometime, right? So it's uh, right. kind of funny because we just started uh, out... Um, or like the lawn, the first piece of lawn that they bought. So they're usually like five meters times a hundred meters long, and there were like um, three trees on there, you know, and one old one, one big one. This is the one we uh, cleared today, and then the rest ones were tiny, like five, six, seven, eight years old. So they still got another ten years to wait, and then they planted another four, and they're obviously like, if they have an apple, you're happy, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's why they bought another pe- uh, they got another piece of lawn another stretch with 11 old trees wow. and hence we have so much now so wow yeah well like so i said if you in the future when everything gets cleared out i you i'll volunteer myself as a field hand uh, to see what you guys do it's pretty yeah. cool yeah definitely yeah maybe maybe at some point we have to professionalize it and like create a little event uh, but we're still uh, we're still beginners, you know. So mm-hmm. we're trying our best. Anyways, beginners so much with about nine hundred leaders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you know that's how it started, right? So my friend, like obviously, he's uh, you know it has this addictive thing, right? So you start little. He bought this little press, this kind of manual thing, you know, and then he bought like uh, a twenty liter press, and now he's got a two hundred. Li- no, what is it? Or a hundred liters, or something like this, right? So it just gets bigger and wider and taller, and and even like the kegs, you know, that he uh, the fermenting kegs, like they're just getting bigger. And I mean, nowadays everything's so cheap, you know. Like you get everything oh, online, yeah. you know. You don't have to go to a specialty store to get whatever, you know. You just like get online, get whatever you want, and uh, yeah. and then you have it at home, and off you go fermenting. All you need is the apples. All you need is the apple. Yeah, a little bit of yeast. He adds a little bit of yeast. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but you don't actually need that. You don't have to. I mean, really risky, yeah, without. But you'll open. Um, for anyways, me. I could talk anyways, about that we're for not hours. The fer- <laughs> yeah, we're not the fermenting podcast. <laughs> Brian, bring us back. You're supposed to watch us. Brian's just tw- twiddling his fingers. <laughs> More being just entertained, but gentlemen, uh, you know, there was a match at the weekend. I mean, if you can, if in addition to the Frauen match, who are still undefeated, woohoo. Um, guess what? Uh, the Eintracht stayed undefeated. So we had Eintracht Frankfurt. Zwei. Zwei. And we had Hoffenheim. No. Of course. Exactly. And, uh, well, I just wanted to remember that this was my prediction, right? <laughs> 2 1. That was my prediction. Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, Even though I said Kachinovich is going to shoot the one, yeah. but <laughs> that didn't happen. I figured that. I'm well, glad. hey, you know, uh, I did guess a four-goal scoreline, and I was off by just one. Hey, you know, we saw plenty of goals. Uh, so, yeah. 
the Eintracht, uh, were able to have a lovely second half comeback. Let's put it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not watching this live as I was uh, at a, a little alumni event uh, shooting at a trap shoot. <laughs> so uh, I had my phone continuously buzzing, and I'm just like, oh God, I need to focus on focus on the skeet shooting. Shot a 16 out of 25, so not the best of rounds, uh, but you know, it's okay, anyways. Uh, <laughs> uh really had uh, their hands full with Hoffman. We understood that they were going to be really difficult to break down. Kramarich was going to be that player that we were going to be really, really <laughs> scared of, and he popped in with a goal himself. Um, with a little help. Up. Yeah, just a little help. Um, who would have expected that the Eintracht would, you know, kind of almost like just flip the switch and voila, uh, goal after goal uh, starts coming in. First Kamada and then Dost. I mean, Kamada, I mean, him just, his dribbling ability just never ceases to amaze me. Um, but I like think I, he, said, I think he finally found out that he that we're not going to be in Europe, so he's got to do that in the Bundesliga too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> indeed. Which which has allowed him to be called up to uh, the Japan national team. So good luck to him on that. But yeah, um, really rewatching the match, the first half, it we looked like a team that just was ready to kind of. Once the goal got in, I mean, it was pretty early in the 18th minute when Karmich, uh put it in, but it seemed to me that um, that the that there wasn't too much fight per se. That yeah. it was very much a well, shit. Uh, what are we gonna do now? And a lot of questions were kind of being looked towards, you know, various other players uh, on the team, and you know, I don't know what the Roman, I think you had a. I think you uh, said it best when uh, you uh, put on our group chat what Adi Hutter must have said at the at the halftime intermission. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're if you're not playing better, we're gonna loan you off to Schalke. Suddenly they they performed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm very happy with the way that uh, things turned out. So Dost, uh, Silva, and Kamada, that triumvirate up top was working wonders once again. And hey, we're for a brief time period, we were top of the table. Just saying. Yeah. It was really uh, was fun to think about. That's... Uh... It's nice to. I always like the beginning of the Bundesliga season because it's nice to see a different Bundesliga and the the way the table stacks out um, at the beginning. I and I would definitely uh, agree. Um, hopefully, Bayern stays that low. Uh, importantly, uh, Tuta, uh, who I've been talking yeah. about as a player who I think is really going to get a lot of minutes as our back line is uh, aging. You know, it is what it is. Um, he was able to get uh, his first minutes at the Bundesliga, so uh, hopefully many more appearances to come from that. Came in a bit um, earlier than I think everyone would have expected if Abraham true. wouldn't have played the whole game. But um, True. Um, Abraham really was not looking up for it. If, yeah, I'm, if I'm totally blunt. You know, <laughs> just, 
First half, not so good. Second half, wasn't really that much better. No. The Come little on. the little he played. Um, yeah, our back line still and our defensive midfield still has questions, but I'm glad that they were able to weather the storm of the first half together and kind of pull up and and come together because they're going to need more of that sort of I mean we're not this isn't going to be the last time that we're going to be down and so they need to figure out how that they can work together because that first half it felt like a bunch of individuals out there not working as a team but they they figured it out that's always like where I get all scary right because you just need this one moment like you know with Gramaric you know you could feel this coming this is like the typical Eintracht situation you know, where it's just like the, the the game is like wobbling along, and then you know you know exactly the minute they get the ball and they're quick and witty and this we they have Kramaric mm. and it's, uh, they're tactical enough to do these quick quick movements, um, and then boom they score and it was a beautiful goal. I mean this yeah. I have to admit that was um, a sweet a sweet one to watch if if you were in the stadium, um, but. Yeah, like yeah, the defense. That's just what what I'm still not that happy about, or where well, I join you guys uh, on on the on the on the merit. But I mean, probably that's mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's what Hütter wants. You know, it's just like I mean, not once, but he he doesn't care about the defense that much. You know, it's like okay, as long as we score more than we uh, uh, we, we we concede, then everything is okay. Right. It's just annoying when it starts. You're like oh, all over again. But I'm happy, uh, you know. Show me, show me, show me otherwise. You know, show me that <laughs> right. if you if you are one or back or uh, two goals back behind, you know that you can, you know, make it up. I'm always up for that. You know, yeah. the same way as I will say, I have to be sorry about my my uh, what I said about Bastost, and uh, I I'm happy now that he stayed and that he's there. You know, so. I, I do my gang nach Canossa, yeah, my walk to Canossa, as we we say. And uh, shame on me. <laughs> um, I was completely wrong. I think he can bring a very great element. He's fit now. He puts good. He works. You know, you see yeah. him a lot. He uh, he's not the typical Alex Meyer, which I was afraid. You know, you don't see him all game, and then okay, yeah, he scores from time to time. But, you know, that's not good enough if you're down by one player most of the time. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy. So I think um, I was wrong and they were right, <laughs> which happens a lot. But uh, I, at least I got the guts to admit. But uh, yeah. I say the same about Dost in that regard. I, I, he's always like, he's al- he always has a tenacity, at least with his emotions out on the pitch. But today, yeah. I, or the last uh, against Hoffenheim, I saw some footwork that wasn't there before and some physicality in the midfield where he was really getting in the middle of things, which I think improved the midfield and our transition game a little bit. So it is good to see him healthy. And he joins like the ugly game, you know, that we play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this this the ugly game that we play is I love it, you know, it's just destroying everything they want. And I think we're back and I think we talked about this last season at some point, um, where um we, we, we gotten back to a situation where people hate to play against us. You know, they're like, Who do we play next week? Frankfurt Oh 
Yeah. You know, no matter where you are, whether it's like Dortmund, Bayern, even the big ones, the small ones, no one likes playing to Frankfurt. And that's kind of what you want. You know, you don't want them, you know, like right now, Schalke probably, oh, Schalke, awesome, let's go, right? <laughs> and oh, um, everyone's saying that. <laughs> everyone's saying that right now, exactly. Uh, same with Mainz, but yeah. But anyway, so that's that's good. We're ugly, we're tough, we're rough, we like to destroy them. You know, they all have to be on their heels all the time because we we got quick players now. Um, our wings are working well. We we in addition we also go through the through the center, which yeah. I'll, there's more flexibility. And the only thing what I might, and this is not from last game, but like from the first game as well, like forcing a goal onto the opponent. That's kind of what's still missing a little bit. I mean, they're good goals that we shoot. And they're nice, but sometimes, and that's going to be interesting once we play against more teams like Bielefeld, right? So yeah. right now it's a typical thing, like like uh, games like to Hoffenheim, and um, you know they and Hertha, you know they try to play as well. They try to have do something with the ball, and we destroy their game. Now interesting yeah. will be if we got two two destroyers playing against each other, and we are the one who have to, uh, you know, keep the possession. And be creative, and this is, and that's where I think we still lack a little bit in creativity, uh, in the, in the front. But yeah, maybe that's just gonna come. I do think that uh, yeah, those maybe those things are coming. Just just yeah. being optim being the optimist here. Yeah, in, very good. Uh, in terms of like eating my words, the and where we are Roman on the defense, maybe this is a good transition year to have like a faltering sort of older line that kind of breaks. If we're going to push more of that, like Buffalo style, if we score more goals, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and then we can yeah. get the young, we can get the young guys to come in later. Or if Hasebe or Abraham get injured, they can come in and kind of, have somewhat of the same effect and it still doesn't matter and they get minutes um mm. so yeah i mean if we if if we can if we can weather those teams that are d defensively stout and aren't going to try to score much kind of like how we were with uh with kovac it, then then i think we're going to see a team that can put up a, a ton of points you know like we would hope Exactly. You could have young ones. Um, you know, that would be from nice. the fact that we don't play in Europe, because you know. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Because we don't have the depth. I, even though I, even though while we were on the watching, all watching the game, I was like, I kind of, I kind of feel good about our depth right now. But I'm like, you, you just, you, you're just happy because we're winning, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dustin, do yeah. uh, the optimism is definitely brewing. Um, you look at where some of the teams who have already had to play additional matches. Look at the look at now. Wolfsburg has already dropped down. Uh, the Europa League losing to Greek side AEK Athens. If anyone wants to correct me on how technically that rolls off the tongue, uh, be my guess. But they're stuck down at fifteenth, and they've been playing you know just one-off knockouts, uh, kind of knockouts each matches just so that they can fit everything in there. Byron's played, you know, they played the D the DFL Super Cup, and before that they played the UEFA Super Cup. And 
they have had to bring in players who you're just kind of like, okay, you're just going to be playing, you know, 10, 15 matches, but you you are being brought in to do a job. You know, Byron's had to add depth just be, not because they are fearful for, like, uh, the future, but they're like, hey, we can let the guy, the new young players have their chance, but we need to make sure that with all these matches that the stars, the main core group, you know, doesn't just absolutely get ragged and uh, look at their most recent two Bundesliga matches. They really got tested, and I think that's going to be something that we can enjoy for the entire season. And if we were playing in both Europe and the Bundesliga and the Depe Pokal, we'd be in that same exact bracket. And yeah. I think you're going to Gladbach is going to find the same issues with the Champions League and balancing the league play and everything. And you're also going to have the same thing with Leverkusen and Hoffenheim and all those. And those guys haven't even started uh, their European campaigns. Uh, the group stage doesn't start until after we come back from this international break that we're now on. So, Gets got coming thick and fast. I don't think Bayern has, you know, a week where they're not playing like two games a week. Uh, the only breaks that they have, technically, I think, are the international breaks because mm-hmm. they still have to play their Day Bay Pokal match. I mean, it's against some third, some no, excuse me, some like sixth, seventh division team from a town smaller than Bad Fable, most likely. <laughs> and, I I'm mean, sure it's not that bit small, but <laughs> but 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 you see where I'm coming from. They're just going to have yeah. so many matches that it's. Being yeah, for our sakes, for our sakes, I hope that help. they have deep runs, but all of them. <laughs> yeah, but then you know, if there's one team used to this kind of shit, it's them. You know, so you know, I mean, why... true, but even in a normal season, like you might have uh, two times in a, we would have like uh, two times in a month between international breaks where we would have two matches per week, but then there will be two of those weeks, uh, two of those other match day weeks where, uh, you just had the one Well, they're condensing everything in there, but you're having to get all the group stage games to get all that TV money. Right. Ugh. It's good. Yeah. Thing we're, guys, it's a good thing. We're out of it. <laughs> oh Yeah. Well, that would be a blessing and a curse, I would imagine. Exactly. For the front office, for that TV money, be nice. Exactly. And we can get to the moves, uh, but I want to kind of put hashtag, what are we drinking in front of that? But I wanted to take a look at the Bundesliga table just just to have a, have a look-see. Uh, to be Just because, you know, yes, of course, it's just three matches, but golly, it's fun to look at. So Hoffenheim. Dare to dream. Was, yeah. <laughs> Exactly, dare to dream. Um, there are four teams stuck on six points. Um, it's kind of funny how where some teams are and some teams aren't. So, obviously, last week we had two teams fire their coaches. Each of those two teams is still stuck on zero points. There is a third team stuck on zero points, and guess who plays them next? That is us. We have Cone next once we come back from the international break. And... It's not that they've looked bad. They're not bad like Mainz and Schalke bad. They just are not really getting their shit together. And so, yeah, um, they'll find it. Yeah, tr- 
normally God, they already have like the cold coach discussion going on you know so which is in our favor yeah but Cologne I mean they did get beat by Glad back at the weekend so no wonder that they are having discussion on the coach you lose to your arch rival and you're still on zero points after three matches I mean yeah they're not getting hosed like Mainz and Schalke have been. But I mean, they're not going to get rid of their coach between now. They may have twelve days no. between those matches. They're going to weather, and see what happens against us. Hopefully, exactly. we pants them. <laughs> Indeed, I I think uh, what's probably going to happen is Cologne, if they're still in such dire straits at the once we get to the November international break, I think then you're going to see a trigger be pulled and. I do think that they are going to be the next team in the Bundesliga to fire their coach because it's not going to be Leverkusen. It's not going to be Wolfsburg. It's not going to be Freiburg, Hertha. Or it could really be Mainz or else. Schalke again. <laughs> I think uh, Mainz hasn't even set up. A new, I don't think Mainz has officially appointed a coach yet. I think it's still their assistant coach nope. who's the yeah. interim. And you got um, Manuel Baum. He looked lost on the sidelines. Schalke <laughs> was just still, still, the, still the weirdest thing for me. I mean, it kind of probably makes sense to some extent with the whole Baum thing, you know, because like they just gotta, as we say in German, they gotta bake some smaller bread rolls, you know. So they, they yeah, they they just gotta scale down. And I mean, but mines they cannot scale down, right? So that's gonna be very tough for them. Yeah, and they. Well, I, I hope we play soon. That was sold a player like yeah, on could, deadline day. And which was just yesterday. Yeah, and they couldn't. They were trying to sell more because apparently they need money. Yeah, as as many as many of the teams do right now, since they don't know how long there's going to be out of you know, um, out of spectating. Yeah, is Mainz a region or is Mainz a stadium that doesn't have spectators at all? Or I, I think they usually they don't. They were in with. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> do they ever? <laughs> no, but um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you now if if they had or not. But they. Yeah. I mean, everyone's yeah. hurting financially in terms of exactly. even small especially numbers. Especially these teams, you know, that are that uh, that need every every cent even though this is something that I still don't understand right so mines they sold so many players for so much money in the past almost 10 years you yeah that's say. been their reputation it's their reputation and they never bought an expensive players mm-hmm. player right so what do they do with the money that's the big question um, you know I mean they almost every year they sell one or two players for like 20 20 million plus you know, or more of them, and uh, and now they don't have any money. It was like, first of all, like how much do they pay? Like, do, I don't know. I don't, I, the front I, office I don't must be it. nice to work at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, where does the money yeah. go? I I can recall a certain Hungarian transfer from the Eintracht uh, being a good uh, point for where did the money go? It's like, oh, um. Uh. <laughs> yeah, the black hole. Yeah, black hole tricks. of mines. Black hole of mines. Yeah, exactly. Moved over from Frankfurt to Mainz. Yeah, exactly. Well, so. Probably also like to get some of the players. You know, they just pay pay a lot to to their whole um, infrastructure and the um, consultants and whatever. You know, so I don't know. 
Probably could Saturday be, could as well. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I, at this point, Anyways. sure, just three matches in. Mainz and Schalke, I mean, it's going to be hard for them to kind of pull things out. Because if you look at who's at the in the bottom half of the table, I'll kind of run it down. You got Bielefeld currently on four points. Look, they're going to be down at the bottom. But the thing is, eventually, like, look, just the way that the table is, it's going to kind of correct itself. And the, you mm-hmm. just need a couple of early results. Like Werder Bremen, look, they're in seventh place on six points. Uh, even on goal difference, but I mean that first match <laughs> against Hertha where they just got hosed. I mean they're not going to be a top half tape table team. You expect a Leverkusen who has and Wolfsburg who each have had three draws from their three matches, and Hertha has had uh, the one win and then uh, lost to us. Yeah. Uh, Kind of devastating loss to Bayern. Magic- yeah. Oh, you just gotta think. What are you doing as you're kind of trying to hit the ball away, and then you just kind of tug on Lewandowski, and Lewandowski is one of those, you know, just strikers out there who he just knows exactly what to do and sold it, and got the penalty, they got the win. You know, that would have been a huge draw for Arthur, putting them at four points, but more the fact that you drew with Bayern in Munich. That was, to me, the... Big miss for the Bundesliga because then you would have had Bayern oh, at yeah. four points and already thinking, well, shit, uh, lost to Hoffenheim yeah. and then drew against Hertha and you've been playing midweek. Ooh, uh, sign of things to come. I mean, if, I if then they play against us, you know, if so they had, we always. If they oh, had yeah. drawn, you would already be hearing calls in Munich for uh, what's his name to get fired? They're so crazy. They, yeah. they, yeah, they are crazy. Yeah, I totally agree. They're absolutely a few people would, would, crazy would, over there. Yeah. But <clears throat> I mean, even even with them being the crazy people that they are, I mean, you sign Chup, Eric Chupo Moting. Uh, from PSG on the permanency, it's obvious what he's going to be doing there. He, you know, he's basically been like a guy to come off the bench at PSG just to give some of the old guys some rest. Douglas Costa is on the loan from Juventus. You know what you're going to get out of that guy. So I kind of look at those kind of rules that they had been making. And I'm just like, okay, you're just kind of trying to find extra bodies to fill in the, you know, fill onto the cruise control. Yeah. 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 When they're in cruise control, uh, Mark Roca's and I mean, yeah, Byron just made like a whole bunch of, uh, signings kind of right there at the deadline because they're like, Hey, we actually, you know, Paris are going back to Milan. You're like, Oh shit. Going to kind of miss him. Tiago going uh, to Liverpool. Ooh, that's going to be a little bit of a mess. Um, Coutinho returning to Barcelona. Ooh, uh, yuck. That's going to be a mess. All three of those guys had pretty large uh, contributions to mm-hmm. the season. But look, I mean, bodies. all those big teams are, I mean, in the big teams that make tons of money off of TV deals and all that stuff, they're going to see the coronavirus as a boon, like a time mm-hmm, to yeah. mop up. And that's what they've done. Um, yeah. All, all those big clubs have been pretty stingy on, on loans and all that because they can be. Yeah. Exactly. It seems the only league that has been 
spending money like as um nothing's really changed has been England and it, it's not been as much but it's still been quite a lot of cash that's been thrown around and now that the rosters are basically all fixed we'll see what we will see and you know I kind of think to myself that January is going to be so quiet the January uh hmm. in, in the the international transfer window in January is going to be so blasted quiet because likelihood is of England? We're still not uh, the likelihood is that we're still not going to have a lot of fans in the stands. I mean, like we true. in Germany, we have some fans in there, but I I 100% doubt that anyone's going to be anywhere near 100% capacity going to be allowed into the stadiums uh, and yeah. In England right now, they still have yet to even have a plan formalized and okayed by, the, you know, the uh, the national government to be able to allow fans at the stands. Uh, France, I think they're only putting in like 1,000 fans even in the Olympic Marseille Stadium. That holds 69,000. I mean, uh, and in Italy, all there's 40 only a meters thousand. apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think... Um, I th- don't think i'm not sure what it's like in spain but if there's anyone there it's extremely limited so you know 2000 people in barcelona's 98000 seater i mean at that point in time it's like wow uh not a lot of people being funneled in and i don't see things necessarily changing really all too quickly so i think that will force january transfer yeah. window to be quiet and not until this com- this next summer transfer window will we see a lot of people spend a lot of money. Um, I mean, look, we were tight-fisted as well with the moves that we made. And, yeah, uh, I think this is going to be just a tale of what's going to happen. But so far, three matches in, uh, hey, we're in the top three, guys. Champions League, here we come. <laughs> yeah, I mean, along with Augsburg and along with Augsburg, nah. who would have thought that Augsburg and Eintracht after three matches would be in second and third place, respectively? Yeah, but Augsburg <laughs> is gonna Augsburg is gonna be like we, we talked about uh, um, Bremen, right? So mm-hmm. Bremen is gonna take Augsburg, but uh, Bremen will be taken over by a, a four from behind, right? So yeah, Augsburg third. is right now there, and I I hope it's just a quick and dirty thing and just like yeah remove remove them from the top of the table please yeah we don't play augsburg oh they're they're we don't play them until december and uh those kind of december on on um the date right. of well i mean for us here in the united states uh the date for the the kind of Thanksgiving weekend fixtures and onward still have yet to get, uh, we still yet to get kind of time stamped on that. But in the next couple, in the next week, well, and a half, we next. should have that uh, made official of all the times yeah. for that. Now that everyone knows who's in Europe, who's not, I mean, really, it was all down to Wolfsburg just getting their act together or not in this case, as they did fall out of the Europa League. I mean, hey, we were able to do it, but. We also played against uh, Ligue 1 side from France in the final knockout stage and won it whilst they couldn't beat a Greek side. So there's that. But yeah, guys, that's enough of us. Uh, 
you know, dreaming of Champions League glory and all the things that will come with that. Let's get into hashtag what are we drinking, and then we'll start talking about the transfers that the Eintracht have been making and uh, all good things uh, on that. So, Nathan, you, the home brewer. Now, granted, we're recording this rather early in the morning for two of us. Who's the home brewer here? <laughs> True. It's not in my home. I'm just helping. I was about to say, I'm like, wait a second. I mean, he's he is a brewmaster, but you know, he's go, he exactly. Roman is uh, going to someone else's place. He's got his yeah, bona fides. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm just Nathan, a helper. I'm just a... Uh, what have you been drinking? As it is early. Uh, well, uh, so I I gave my I, my neighbor is a home brewer too. Um, and oh, so awesome. I, I, I gave him some Mertzen just to see, see what he thought of it. And he's like, these things could be better. And so it made me feel a little, he, he's right. I was like, oh, you're right. These things are problematic in terms of my, my brew. So, um, knocked it down a peg, but I'm glad to have some constructive notes on the Mertzen to work forward. Yeah. Th- then I had on Saturday, I had an Eyinger, uh, Mertzen fest beer. Oh, that's destructively good. Um, <laughs> no, but right now it's cold in Missouri and all I have brewed, uh, I, I typically, well, I guess it's been more than a year I've been brewing cold brew like uh, every other week. I have a, I brew like a gallon of it and keep it in the fridge and just whenever I want some caffeine, that's what I go to. But it's cold here, so I nuked it in the microwave and it's like, I mean, it's caffeine. It's it's got a lot of caffeine going for it, but it does not taste good. It's a cold brew coffee. Heat it up. Heat it up in a microwave. <laughs> All right. Wouldn't recommend it. You guys have okay. got well, to have something better than me. <laughs> I would have. I would have not thought of it. You know, like even in my wildest fantasy, I would have not thought about a cold brew coffee heating up in a microwave. Heating up an old coffee in the microwave already is a weird thing to do. But then, like a cold brew, eh, I don't know. That's like heating up fish in the but microwave. You just know Desperate that it's going to come out skunky. No, oh, yeah. No, no. <laughs> exactly. Bro, what do you got for us? Uh, I'm not drinking anything right now, but I got an apple. So I'm eating. So what are we eating? <laughs> <laughs> you are going to be... So, so I, this apple was on the tree this morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's spectacular. Sorry. I'm going to mute while chewing, but <laughs> yeah, for me. Or if well, I mute, it doesn't really matter. You got to cut it out. That's what you got to do. Sorry, better remember the time because <laughs> I'm going to chew an apple. I can All mute right. for you guys, but not for my recording. There you go. There you go. Uh, so this early in the morning, uh, a Ronjan Zaft for me, uh, just because you know. Early in the morning, considering the fact that I got home only about like eight hours ago uh, from work, yeah, that's always a it's always rough in the when we have our morning recording session. But what I have been uh, enjoying uh, when it comes to hashtag what are we drinking? So there is a brewery that was one the first brewery opened up um, back in 1989 in Kansas. Now to preface. Uh, Kansas as a state within the union of the 50 states of the United States of America was one of the last states to start um, pulling out of their prohibition era. So there are still counties uh, within the state of Kansas that are actually still dry counties. I know it's absolutely bananas, but 
Uh, they're way out west where there's only like 1,000 people, you know, in like thousands upon thousands of square miles of space. And yet those counties are still dry. So, um, so in this case for all the Germans listening, just for a second, a dry county basically means <clears throat> it's a county you cannot sell or buy any alcohol. It's the weirdest thing in the world that in 2020, I mean, you could say, okay, maybe 2050, there are going to be more dry counties, but... It's ridiculous. A whole county, no alcohol. Like where? Like this is unbelievable. Like the weirdest yeah, thing in the world. It'd be like if the free city it's of Frankfurt decided that nope, no more booze is being sold, no more booze being made. Yeah. Hey man, they, or you or you could get real fucked up and go to Kentucky and there are the in bourbon country you can brew and you can make whiskey, but you can't sell it in that county. <laughs> Shit is just crazy. <laughs> Do they still have speakeasies and stuff like this in these regions? Like, uh, I am I'm certain sure, that there's some of that shit going on. Dry counties, spot, like out in western Kansas, there's not a lot of people out there to begin with. So, <laughs> there's that. Do you guys but, know is dry counties is the is the rent lower or is it cheaper to buy a state in dry counties? Like, who wants to live in a dry county? Well, yeah, Unless it's you're the, bordering. Who wants to live in western Kansas? Uh, it's not the most people, look, there's not many people out there there's a reason it's, why those it's the most visually dying. depressing place there is <laughs> indeed so but then there's a place in west kansas with alcohol and one without yeah and then which 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 part are you going to live now so true uh, they should pay you to live in a dry kansas county and missouri myself but um so in lawrence kansas um they started up in 1989, uh, just this kind of restaurant, brew pub. It was really at the start of the kind of American craft brewing uh, uh, era that we are currently living in. I would say that that really is kind of a like in the late 80s is where a lot of what are now considered the bigger companies, including Boulevard, which is in my own hometown of Kansas City. That's um, when a lot of those guys really got started. And uh, they have their own Oktoberfest. So it's, um, well, I would have to say that this year's margins that I've been finding have been just kind of on the, you know, pretty good. Nothing blowing my hair back. Uh, But this this go around, uh, pretty good uh, multi one uh, at that. So pretty satisfied. Uh, Not a shaker, but uh, considering the fact that these guys, you... These guys usually make quite a few beers that I'm just not really big fans of. Uh, this is a good kind of good seasonal beer from them, and that uh, says a lot because I really don't like that city where they are in for a couple <laughs> obvious reasons. <laughs> the so, other football. Yes, the other uh, football and basketball and all those yeah. other things that kind of go with it. But anyways, that's it for hashtag what are we drinking? We'll be back with segment two or we'll talk all things Eintracht Frankfurt in terms of the transfers of players going in and going out. And of course, hit uh, get a little talking point on the, the Frauen Bundesliga as Eintracht Frauen have played their fourth match and got the fifth match coming right up. So stay with us. And 
And we're back, segment two, Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. We've been talking the Eintracht versus Hoffenheim match. Uh, good things there. The Bundesliga is just kind of hilarious to look at as we're entering the October international break. In case anyone is wondering who is going where for the international break, KT obviously has been called up by Germany. Um, Armin Barkok uh, has officially changed his... Um, uh, national team from playing in the uh, U-teens of Germany. He's now going to be suiting up for Morocco, the full international team. So he immediately got the call-up. Got Daichi Kamada being called up by Japan. Uh, Silva being called up by Portugal. Uh, no wonder there. Uh, Jeboso and Zuba are called up by Switzerland. And Austria has called up Hinti and Il Senker. So fair number of guys who have been called up to the, the international teams. I We've talked about this before and how we don't think it's very socially responsible for international teams to be kind of calling out their players for these international games. I mean, Mm -hmm. South America, which is, I mean, all over the continent, it is not good shape when it comes to how the the coronavirus has been spread and everything. And yet these South American countries have called in their players who are all over Europe, bringing them into South America. Now they apparently they're going through all sorts of processes where they're going to have like next to no interaction with anyone who's not part of the playing staff. But I'm like, yeah, there's just not enough time for any of that quarantine to happen. Yeah. And then you're basically asking the players who are then called up that, when they return to, say, Germany, France, and England, you know, each of those countries that they're coming from, Uruguay, Bolivia, Peru, Brazil, Argentina, all those countries, like, those countries are on lists of, if you have been traveling in these countries, you know, you have to quarantine for a set time period before you enter in. And, like, you know, all those players are risking uh, losing their starting roles at their clubs and, it's a stupid mess. We're going to have to deal with it again in November. Uh, I Roman, um, international team duty, probably. I mean, you have your you have vented your feelings on the German national team before, but how socially responsible is this? And are people even interested? Uh, no. <laughs> I have not heard. I mean, I don't think anybody cares right now about any, any national team. You know, I think everyone hates it right now because, like, <clears throat> I mean, hates it is, is of course a tough one. But I mean, the 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 teams hate it because, like, you know, they're losing their players. You know, they just want to get their act together. And right now, nobody needs international games. You know, it's as useless yeah. as as the plague, uh, or as Corona. Just annoying, and you got to stay home. So that's kind of how international games are. You know, you're not it's you're not going to enjoy your yeah, and. I don't know. I don't even know who we are playing. I have no idea. And I don't even know. I mean, I, and I listen to radio and stuff right this, right? And uh, and I am online and I have no idea who we're playing, who, who we're playing. So nobody cares either because otherwise I would know. Yeah, typically I hear uh, chat about the American squad and I haven't heard anything about that either. Oh, well, at least... Yeah. At least our team, uh, the U.S. men's national team and the women's national team, uh, are being socially cognizant of what the situation is. And they're already saying, yeah, we we're not going to have a team and uh, a camp show up until 2021 at the very least. Oh, really? They're good. At least, they, 
our region has said, yeah, we'd like to get started on uh, qualifying for the 2022 World Cup. But I mean, uh, I mean, you're basically asking a lot of these small countries in our region to who might not have the kind of all the testing facilities and everything in place to allow for you know uh the games to be played and then you have to realize that most of the teams in the western hemisphere really all very little of the national teams actually play in the domestic leagues or at least in this hemisphere i mean you might have one or two guys in brazil a fair number, you know, maybe half of the Mexican national team, half of the U.S. national team will be domestic products, and then the rest are all from uh, currently based in Europe. Yeah, yeah. The it's I I mean I'll be I guess I'll be curious to see what actually happens with with uh, all the folks that return. I hope I'd I'd rather see the soccer suffer and mm-hmm. see people sit out two weeks, but. I don't know it, it. A lot of that stuff, I feel like money talks. So uh, I wonder how much it will get a pass from the even the government in a lot of cases. Yeah, but if we gave Cologne two weeks to train all by themselves to prepare for our match, then they might actually show up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come yeah, on. back there. <laughs> I just yeah, I just don't call me. I'm like, no, no, no. We don't want Cologne to be ready for us. We want Cologne to still look a little bit, a little drunk. I mean, and this isn't even carnival season. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we no, but we just gotta beat him. That's just what it is. I mean, yeah. I don't know why the the bigger like bigger names and things like Neuer and all those folks. Granted, I don't know where the games are. I don't know who's who who they'd be facing or where they'd be facing but i don't know like the the big guys from south america i don't know why they're just like no thank you <laughs> if not for the people that i am traveling with or whatever i just don't want to be another vector uh but exactly and it's, even it's even being like- personal about it like self-motivated and just saying you know what my career is more, worth more than than one friendly match with you know Bolivia or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. The, I mean, at least with um, World Cup qualifying, you, that's the kind of matches that it's. It's really just South America who's doing World Cup qualifying. Asia has kind of calmed that sort of stuff off. Um, so a lot of it, in at least with the European based teams, it is this Nations League, which good idea, but I mean, ugh, real kind of. This is all a bad idea. I don't know why they've yeah. gone through with it. Just just keep the teams together. Just keep playing. I mean, how hard is it just to go ahead with that? I mean, Germany, I guess, plays the Ukraine, so that's kind of an interesting sort of match. I mean, if you really want to look deeply into it, but I mean, and Switzerland is playing Spain, but I mean, for me, you know, if it's not World Cup qualifying, it's kind of hard for me to get totally jazzed about it but you know we're living in this kind of world where same here not a lot of fans are allowed in here in the united states i mean unless you're the nfl no one's allowed in stadiums and i mean yeah the match going experience well winter winter is coming yeah you know it's it's just gonna get worse it's not gonna get better yeah that's Uh, true 
Yeah, and instead yeah. we can just in the United States just focus on politics. Yay! No thanks. Yeah, woo! <laughs> There's another debate there coming up. Golly, this started getting really depressing. Sorry, folks. Um, so uh, yeah, let's move. Let's, let's, let's leave stuff. the national so, team. We have two players <laughs> that have. We have two players that have left the Eintracht in the last 48 hours. Uh, part of the closing of the international transfer window, we had one player come in. So. Fallet has moved on permanently to Hanover, Sachsen Neunzisch, and well, they haven't really talked about like how much money has been uh, exchanged or for uh, Vidvad going to the Eredivisie. Both of these moves were for players who are n- were n- no longer considered necessary, no longer considered wanted at the club. I will say. It- doesn't make me very happy at the fact that how light we are in defense yeah. that we're selling on Follett. But, you know, the club obviously looked at him and was like, we're not, you're not part of the future of this team. Future. We might as well get you moved on now. But, you know, yeah. he, I mean, he, they're building servant to the club. A good player, yeah. or, you know. Yeah, I, mean, um, I mean, the last two, uh, this season and the season before, you know, uh, was played out on loan, but 2017-2018 when we made the, when we ended up winning the DB Pokal, you know, he nearly made 30 appearances. He was a constant in the starting lineup and on the bench. And then 2018-2019, he got hurt, and but with all the European matches, you know, he still played like close to 20 matches, so... In those two seasons, must be the style or something, you know, that they don't get along anymore. You know, it's kind of like the I, type of play that he does. Hooter did not you know, really want him, but Kovacs did. Yeah. 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 Probably that's you know, it's, and I think it's 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 good for him to go to Hanover. You know, I think it's uh, um, they're going to build their defense around him. He's still young enough. Um, in the second league, I think he's he's going to fit, and for him, it's a smart move, so to say. Um, but they used to pay good in Hanover. I don't know how it is by now, but uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and they're also in the top. Like Ian, though, yes, it is just three matches in. You know, Hanover's gotten off to a good start, so uh, pretty likely uh, that they will be pushing for promotion. And if they do win promotion, he will have more than likely solidified himself as a you know first guy on the. First guy on the starting uh, to be entered on the starting lineup team sheet, you know, that's submitted for registration every single match day. And so, you know, what if he's able to get, I mean, maybe if there's a performance bonus that, hey, in case Hanover gets promoted this year, that'd be awesome if we got a little extra, little extra bump in, ca- uh, in yeah. case of promotion, which I'm pretty sure was written into the contract, but, you know, we're not going to really hear about it until. Hanover gets promotion, so I'd like to see Hanover return to the Bundesliga as I consider them a more uh, normal, more kind of <laughs> expected to be in there. Uh, Roman's sort of head nod. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, not, you're, not gonna, you're not gonna have my vote on that, you know. So, um, <laughs> but in fairness, know, like Roman, when when I was used Bochum, to, the... you prefer to have St. Pauli. You yeah. prefer to have the ha- Duisburg. Yeah. Wattenscheid even I would go for, you know, so that would be nice. You know, like those were the shitty teams of my time. Wattenscheid, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I'd this like to see Nuremberg return. I mean, I'd like. Oh, this too. I yeah. Wouldn't mind Darmstadt mm-hmm. to go up just Kaiserslautern. To... Yeah. Oh God. Uh, yeah, that. That's another dumpster fire. Uh... Offenbach. <laughs> the second league at least that would be good yeah. would <laughs> that would be fun to play them. more fun just to I mean the amount of I mean because I would hope by the time that Offenbach is able to get promoted back to the Bundesliga it would take a couple seasons but then the fans will be all back in the stadium and the, no, the sheer noise for that match would be I mean it'd be as feisty yeah. as you could ever ask for which, hey, you know, the players would totally go up for that. That would be like watching a game, Frankfurt versus Offenbach, in the Waldstadion. I've never seen it. That would have been, that would be, I think that's, that would be good. I mean, most of the games were like in Offenbach, right, because of the Dave Bebokan and the mm-hmm. amateur rules. But, yeah. Are we talking too much about Offenbach again? Sorry, but I brought it up, so. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the cool I mean, players we signed. I mean, I mentioned Darmstadt and how we'd like to be- beat the Lily Schwanen, you know. Yeah, eh, they can stay down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean. Second league is perfect for them. Have them a good run in second league, you know, like first quarter of the second league is good, you know. But this, I don't mind. <laughs> Hamburg coming up, so this is something that I that I will support. Of course, if they don't make it, I'm gonna laugh and I'm gonna be happy too. <laughs> but. Win-win. Uh, it's a win-win, but on the other hand, you know, I wouldn't mind, you know, them, you know, really making it up, up, yeah, up the ranks again. Because when Hamburg got relegated, and this is something that I pointed out, was, you know, when Hamburg visits whomever in the Bundesliga, guess what? That is a full stadium on the away fan side yeah. and the home fan side. That you, you can't really get excited to for the Eintracht versus Wolfsburg match. Just because you're like it's Volkswagen, I don't care about them. They suck, and no one really, and they're not going to bring any fans. Hasfal brings the fans. They bring the noise, and when you go there, it's a full stadium as well. What was it like fifty mm. and a half, uh, fifty something plus thousand seater stadium up there? It's a pretty big one, and they fill that thing in. You know, no one really wants to go to Augsburg where it's still just seventy five percent full and it's. Barely seats thirty thousand. No one wants to go there. They want to go to Hamburg, which is a lot more exciting of a city than Augsburg or Mainz. Yeah, <laughs> but, ima- but imagine now if Schalke. Let's just imagine Schalke and Köln, Cologne going down, right? And then I don't know some weird teams coming up. You know, then you can Kiel. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would have been at least fun. I mean, for you know, in, in theory, for. For to look at, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Sandhausen. Imagine like this would Osnabrück, be probably no worst thanks. case if like Sandhausen and Osnabrück, you know, then be like, oh my god, like Cologne and going down, that would be yeah, replacing Cologne insane. with a Sandhausen. I mean, that would yeah. Bundesliga administrators would be like, oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> yeah. But then that's just all gotta the teams. Keep, we just got to keep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mine's down. That's that's a given. And then, I don't know, Wolfsburg, I wouldn't mind either, you know? Why not? Okay, yeah, just dreaming. They would spend money like crazy just Dare to, to dream. get back up. They would try and, uh, try and return. But um, Yeah, but everyone thought that about Hamburg, too. And Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I think that they're trying to rebuild season. their house. 
They have. They mm-hmm. um they got the new coach there is the guy who was at Osnabrück. He was, I think he's like the only black coach in the top two divisions right now. And you know, so far the results have been good. But as we keep on saying, you know, it's only a couple matches in, so if Hamburg does return, we know good at Hamburg. Because right. the problem for Hamburg is going to be the minute they'll be up, you know, they'll be like on the first place. They're going to think they got it safe. Then mm-hmm. they're going to start the party Hamburg going on, you know, like, oh, we're the best, we're the loudest, we're the coolest in the start world. Start the clock again. Next year, next year, <laughs> Champions League. Yeah, let's start the clock. And uh, and then they start losing three games in a row. And, you know, well, let's not, let's not get there. Exactly. But, I I'm mean, just I happy think to not be a Hamburg. Yeah, well, uh, the new Hamburg is what Schalke is, in my opinion. And we didn't have another guy go to Schalke uh, again this season. <laughs> I mean, we've already sent two guys over there. There's already multiple uh, former Eintracht players that are still on the, box, uh, the books at Schalke. But um, Wiedwald is finally gone. I mean, I've been calling for him to leave as soon as possible. And when we... Did the double loan um, where Marcus uh, Schubert came to the Eintracht? I was like, oh, thank God. Wiedwald, it is time for you to leave. And, you know, he came back to us after going to Werder Bremen and then kind of bouncing around and such. And I never understood why we signed him. I was like, Zimmerman's. For number three, I think he's a decent guy. You know, he like he knows his place. He doesn't complain. You know, maybe he's a cool character you know who knows you know apparently he's been yeah. identifying with frankfurt pretty well and you know he wasn't i mean in this situation like num- if you're number three you're like literally just gonna get money for free <laughs> yeah but the frustrating part with Viedwald is that he got more way more studs than i, th- I think anyone would hope for or expect that's true uh, yeah Ooh, that was true yeah. and uh, giving asking the question Asking the question, and Nathan, you you think, uh, I think you could ask that in our little WhatsApp group. It's like, who's going to be our th- number three now? Right. right? I, I mean, we, don't have, we don't have on one on the books, guy. I don't think. No, probably from the youth team or so, the under 19 or so. That's what I would do. That's Which they should do anyways. Exactly. Right? So this is something I will never understand. Like, why is yeah. there not like a defense guy from the under 19? Why is there not like a, some midfielder, whatever, and like an offensive? Like, why do they not just like inject a few players m- more into the team? And they need to hire that way as well, right? So they got to say, like, okay, we need one or two players that are on the brink with potential and that we can offer a little bit of playtime, like what Barkok did, uh, what, what um, uh, Kovac did with Barkok, right? Exactly this, you know, take a player, throw him in for like five minutes or 10, you happens. know, to start with and see what happens. Exactly. This is something I will never understand why, why teams don't have like a, a second line, um, you know, of young players that they kind of, keep there must be a reason i don't get i don't understand because it's so obvious it's too obvious not to do that probably it's it's something that just doesn't work right they're just too bad like i think that's got to be it for at least this generation because there's a few there's a few youths that are on the top the the team that i mean i guess you see them on the bench maybe but they're not i don't think they're ever on the bench even um but yeah, we're gonna have to. 
I think it's a great place to do the stupid German coefficient thing, you know, like just put in a yeah. number, put in a guy from Frankfurt, and hopefully it'll just fill the role and he'll be a good tr- uh, person to train with. And hopefully yeah. he'll be good at some point. <laughs> exactly. And maybe it turns out, well, if not, you know, so what, right? But at least you got at least you got to try or you got to you got to sign them for that, right? You have to what I would do, I would say, okay, like who do we sign this season as, you know, whatever, like name a position we like in the defense, right? We need a we have a couple of open positions. Like hire somebody young that we can already throw in um, have play in the under 19, but from time to time, you know, move over and practice with the with the with the A squad. And this is something I will I don't know I, I just don't understand why they don't do this. I totally agree. I think it's it's about time that we had shed uh, some of that goalkeeping weight. It's extra no longer on the club. Obviously, any yeah. uh, guys signed from the youth team would then be on a pretty uh, small much very much smaller salary than what Vidal was on. And here's hoping that uh, he's able to, you know, find uh, what he's looking for and where a team that will say you are our number one guy and we look forward to you being the kind of leader on the team. And here, best of luck to him. I mean, it's not like Schalke was going to take him. They've already got enough guys <laughs> from Frankfurt with Otika and uh, Mascaral, who are still, uh, who, you know, who, once you brought in Paciencia and Ronald, all, it's just kind of like, wow, it's half of a Frank, half of a Frankfurt team from a couple of years ago. It's just kind of hilarious that how many guys that they've signed, but... Okay, so we uh, have a new signing as well ourselves. Uh, Yunus. I'm in Yunus. Uh, two-year loan, uh, no fee. He's a attacker who uh, he got his time started with Gladbach, then made the move mm-hmm. to Ajax, and then made a big money move to Napoli uh, right after Ajax went to the Europa League uh, final. Or they lost that, and that was. But that was a team that did a lot of maturing for the guys that ended up making it to the Champions League semifinals. Just uh, I guess now two seasons back, and he made his move to Napoli. Um, it just didn't work out. He also got injured. So this seems like a. This has got Bowich's uh, imprint all over it here. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. uh, this- his his archetypal type signing, you know, somebody down on his luck, didn't get a lot of playing time, needs to prove himself again. I mean, Rebic was that exact type of signing. Not saying that he's gonna he's a player like that, but it's just that type of signing where I hope that he can really his skill set is perfect for that ten uh, eleven spot. So I hope he can fill it. Do we have a purchase option as well? Yes, we do. It's two. It's oh, two two million euro. Two million euros. Okay, well you can. Yeah. I'm... So these deals, guys. Do you guys understand them? I don't understand them. I mean, this is too cheap to be true, right? I I unless you are the only team in Europe who's <laughs> interested in this type of player, which I doubt there is, right? So uh-huh. how this is? I would like to know. I mean, it's basically. Do you want a BMW? You don't have to pay anything. You can drive it for two years, and if you want to, you can buy it afterwards for five bucks, <laughs> right, for five thousand bucks, right? Um, 
this, see, but I do think that it, there's it's it, salary, I, of course. I'm I, I find these sorts of things a little problematic, but I think that there is, from what I'm reading, and again, is a little murky. There's not much information about his transfer that I've seen. Maybe maybe someone can point us to it or whatever, but it looks like it's loaded with performance incentives. Yeah. Um, but like, what so, about for the team? Like for for all the other for the back office, like all the other people, you know, like the consultants yeah. and advisors and whatever, you know, these kind of people. Like these deals, they just show me how still kind of corrupt soccer is to some extent, right? Because they're like oh, we so are talking unreal, about... <laughs> right? They're so unreal that there must be something fishy or sketchy or whatever. Unless Bobic really is a mastermind, and nobody thought about this player and there was no competition and of course it was would have been the easiest way you know to reduce a little bit of you know i don't know like a win-win-win but it's just i don't know i think it's the perfect I, confluence it's bobich it's covid it's Serie A, which mm. brian knows as good as anybody that's filled with dark bad money and it's starting to collapse unto itself so it i think i think you're right i think it's him just reading the room and finding a player that will wants to prove himself and and give give throw them like a like you said a a used <laughs> Hyundai <laughs> and, and and promise him uh, if you play good we'll give you uh, we'll give you the BMW. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah it's funny. I'm yeah I just love these deals. You know, you're like okay. Anyways, it blows, I'm glad. It does blow me away that we got him on a free. Like they, yeah. they didn't ask for anything. It's crazy. No, and th- yeah, that's what I just don't, and that's why I don't believe it was. I don't believe these conditions. Like what you just mentioned, right? No fee, right? Two year, a two year loan, and two million purchase option. Like that's yeah. like I don't know. Like nobody, nobody in the second league can almost get a player, a good player for that. You know, if if Hanover mm-hmm. take Hanover, I don't know how much they paid for Fallet, right? But they didn't get a good deal. I wouldn't say the deal that, and this is what I don't, and of course then there's more stuff in the room that we don't know. Right. It's not yeah, the big I, elephant, I, it's like the ghosty elephant. Maybe I'm misreading Must it be. now that I'm thinking about it. I wonder if the if the performance incentives are for Napoli and not, not for the player, which would be yeah. interesting. But we've seen that before too, so... Yeah, well, we got to wait for Football Leagues 3 or 4 or 5. I don't know where they're on, and then maybe we'll know. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, I do think that the economical uh, impact of COVID is going to last longer. And you know what? Eintracht can just sit on this, kind of like with Silva. You can just sit on the deal there, and once things have returned to normal, then we'll fork out the money for it. But at 27, I very much look at this player, and I think, you know what? We're giving him a chance, and if it goes just if it is just crap, guess what? We can just return him, which is great. So, for me, a win-win yeah, situation. They, right. Win-win yeah. situation. It, the worst situation for him is that he, I guess, doesn't play and he doesn't get paid. <laughs> mm. <laughs> what? But I guess he made enough money at Napoli, right? I guess that's the assumption is that he made enough money on that deal. One of the bigger teams in uh, Italy. So, Uh, but then again, it's also one of the worst crime-ridden cities out there. So I think maybe he, 
I don't, I'm not saying that he did get mugged while there, but I mean, those fans have got no problem with uh, mugging even their star striker. Like, uh, I think one of the, uh, okay, I think it was uh, Quadiarella was the player, uh, the former inter- uh, Ital- Italian international player. You know, he's from Napoli and moved back because he wanted to play for them. And I think he got like held up at gunpoint by a guy on a Vespa or some little scooter and said, Hand over your wallet and your watch. Oh, can you also sign this piece of paper? Because we're fans. <laughs> yep. Messed hey, a city up. like Napoli has got to be full of drama if it's sitting on top of a caldera. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, we did promise that we would make mention of the Eintracht Frauen. So uh, Eintracht Frauen played their fourth match of the, uh, the Frauen Bundesliga season where they took on Meppen. A, they pumped a good... Uh, four goals in the net. So, uh, guess what? Lower Fry Gang is now back on top of the goal mm-hmm. scoring charts with five goals on the season. Uh, that gives the Eintracht Frauen uh, 10 points from four matches played. They have Leverkusen coming up. So, right now, looking very much uh, uh, on target for a top three finish, which will mean qualification into the Champions League for Leverkusen uh, is typically good, right? They're a, typically a mid, team that's mid, competitive. Mid table kind of team. They're not as. Uh, they're not they that. Really, they <laughs> kind of just got hosed. Um, looking at the women's table now, it's, it's kind of a shame that they had to uh, have a nil nil draw with Hoffenheim the other week. Uh, but because that would, then would have kept them like neck and neck with Bayern, with Wolfsburg, who are the class of the Frauen Bundesliga. Um, Turbine Potsdam has a deal with Hertha. Not they haven't changed into like Hertha Frauen, but they have like a working agreement uh, that is there. And so far, the top four looks like Bayern, Wolfsburg, four matches played, four wins, and then Eintracht and Potsdam, the traditional two uh, top. Uh, Frauen Bundesliga uh, clubs um, uh, are taking up third and fourth respectively. So on 10 points, and then there's a drop off to six points, which is where Leverkusen is in fifth. So it's very much a keep everything up to try and keep up with the big two fish. And finishing in third place in the Frauen will now mean Champions League. So that will allow them to recruit better and uh yeah we will have uh be dropping this week later this week uh an, epi- an uh individual recording that i did uh, with one of the i track players so uh stay nice. looking to our feed on that here's hoping that there is more coming down the uh way uh between our podcast and the i track frown it'd be really great if uh hell yeah uh uh, just to yeah. try we should a... actually put a segment you know we should mm-hmm. have our own frown football segment we need a little sound clip you know and uh, and and then we just talk every day about like every, every show a little bit about the frown Bundesliga right I mean yeah. why not I will say this much it is the for me something that is a worry uh, while she is 22 years old uh, Laura Freigang like with the with how much production we're getting out of her so far, it is a little concerning for me that already that she 
that we have a over-reliance on her. And, you know, in the most recent international break for the women, uh, which was just, I guess, a week and a half ago, uh, she got her first international goal. She's really on the up and up. A young player, really hungry, going at it, re- scoring all, it seems like, all the goals for the Eintracht uh, Frauen. Because so far we've got five goals scored uh, for her, and we've only got 12 goals scored for the rest of the team, uh, for the entire team. So I mean, five and seven, you you don't need to be have a right. math degree to figure out that <laughs> that's an extreme reliance on one player. So here's hoping that she stays fit in the meantime. So that's it for uh, this episode of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, episode 140. Uh, thanking everyone uh, for listening in. Thanking Nathan. Thanking Roman for joining in on the podcast. Uh, uh, we will be back with another episode uh, shortly with a full, as we will be previewing Eintracht versus Cone. And here's hoping that uh, coronavirus doesn't impact that stuff because I really don't yeah. want to have uh, another. And of delay. course, we're talking all about the national teams, right? That's going to mm-hmm. be our deep, yeah. we're, deep we're discussion do, uh, point. A 10 yeah. part series. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all the, the players who went out for international duty. So, Nathan, where can we find you in the social media landscape of the world? Uh, you can find me on Discord and Twitter at NAJAKWA. Roman, where can we find you outside of Apple Orchards? You. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say, I, I got to start my Apple Instagram Twitter now at some point. Uh, well, once we're live with, with selling that shit. Uh, no, you get me at SFB Eagles on Twitter and Instagram. Very good. And you can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter. That is at HEFPod. Follow us on Facebook where we have all the latest Eintracht news in the English language. That is Facebook.com slash HEFPod. And, of course, join our Discord chatter therein. Uh, we've got to post it up on the Facebook and on the Twitter uh, uh, profiles as well. Hell yeah. And you can even listen live into the podcast, which some people will do, do from time to time. Some people will think, wow, it's a bunch of goofy goobers. But then again, you know, when we <laughs> open up the, the video chat. <laughs> exactly. You can see the goofy goobers. <laughs> exactly. Not recommended, but... <laughs> or at yeah, least for, we have yeah the uh the video sometimes uh, lends itself for just wanting to stick to uh listening on soundcloud listening on your uh it uh your apple apple play and itunes got a face we should for actually podcasts. record it we should record it and actually post it on youtube you know just like boom just drop it like it's hot you know oh uh, yeah so just like the shaka american and podcast then, is currently doing oh yeah yeah and then you know have like three four five viewers each week wow <laughs> 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 okay, before we get into much more trouble, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, until next time, tschüss. Tschüss. Tschüss.